This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's always Peter Parker father figures with Jekyll and Hyde issues. I think I've complained about that before. If it's if that's yeah. like Spider-Man's two kinds of villain. There's Peter Parker father figures with Jekyll and Hyde issues, or there's bank robber, bank robber <laughs> with two. sort of generic theme. <laughs> big two. Yeah, those are the big two. Bank robber who turns into sand. Bank robber who turns into electricity. Bank robber bank who robber. has wings. Bank robber who loves his mysteries. Yeah. I guess Mysterio is sort of the outlier there. Yes, hello, yeah. welcome to Slightly Something Else. We're live now. Hello. And we were just discussing one of the hot new games. See if you could figure out which one. But uh, related, we are discussing a related topic this week, which mm-hmm. is open worlds, but more specifically, uh, what it is? what is it about an open world that gives it the sense of being a living, breathing world? Which, which first off, I hate that term. <laughs> Well, I can tell from the title of today's video that you hate that term. Yeah. Um, But I like what it means. I like digging past the term and talking about um, what is it about an open world that makes it feel genuinely alive compared to sort of just like a static playground. around. It feels like a place where actual people exist and you uh, sort of insert yourself. Yeah, yeah. And... uh, like there's some open worlds that are just like look how big of a world we made and it's like well that doesn't do anything for me it's it's kind of the the density and the uh sleight of hand tricks inside of that world how much um, of this is verisimilitude like how much of this is your brain going this society could never possibly exist where the hell do they get food from to survive uh where where are they planting crops why is there only sort one of, for some reason the horizon games popped into my head as i was saying that yeah so that, that is an interesting like right. that, like for as much thought as in a game like horizon that seems to be uh, put into like how the actual robots move like yeah the idea we, of like how does a society literally function we hunt it's, robot dinosaurs that we can't eat yeah, exactly. <laughs> there is literally nothing we could do except repurpose them as washing lines or something yeah which would be uh, which would be nice um but yeah, like so. I guess maybe jumping off Spider-Man, we won't. We don't have to go super into it because because we'll probably have deeper thoughts on it down the road. Um, do you feel like the the New York City of Spider-Man? Uh, do you, do you feel like it was a city that had um, a lot of kind of flavor to it, a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of life to it? Hmm. See, in the specific case of Spider-Man Two, I would say it is a game that puts a lot of work into putting on the facade of having life mm. okay it's it's full of crowds it does a lot of like uh, photo missions where you have to take a photo of someone doing something funny mm-hmm. but that all feels like trying too hard to create the sense of a living world and the actual world that it's presented just sort of <sighs> i struggle to make to feel like the world is real because well, specifically, it's I was was haunted by a recurring question, especially playing through the Spider-Man Two campaign, which was, "Where are the cops?" 
group out of why, the club. I mean, why is Craven basically able to occupy the city with a foreign terrorist militia? <laughs> why, why are there so many, like, organised crime gangs? And why yeah. does it feel like none of them show up uh, before Spider-Man does? None of the cops yeah. show up before Spider-Man does. There's like that whole series of things you have to do where there's like a cult that's setting things on fire. And every time you get there, you're like, where is the fire department? And there's always like one fire truck and they've already fucked up the fire truck. You're like, (laughs) why is the fire department so bad at their jobs? Yeah. And and similarly, when the symbiotes like wreck the city, spoiler alert, that everyone just sort of bounces back from it. Like at the same time, there are alien life forms possessing people and wrecking shit up. Uh, you can just blow that off and do a side mission where you uh, look for someone's guide dog. Hey, New York, New York City is uh, res- resilient. That's what the Spider-Man films. Yeah, that's Remember a thing that, that comes up a lot. That's a yeah. thing that comes up a lot in the game. There's New Yorkers are resilient, but you know, yeah, it's sort of they, uh, pushing it for me. They uh, also um, superhero games as a whole, like that's the Marvel problem. Is you're like, why? Uh, where is everyone else like where are the there's the avengers tower where are the avengers like okay so maybe the avengers are out of town but there's like a bunch of street level like where's daredevil why isn't daredevil helping out with this like why like every once in a while they they introduce like a minor character but um yeah i mean the new yorkers uh, and spider-man have to be resilient because uh the government don't do shit apparently yeah they just leave it all to the spider-mans i would just move if I was there, if I was just there, I would just leave the city. I would just go to another city. That seems much safer. Um, there is a couple things Spider-Man does that I think uh, work in its favor. Um, one of them being, and this was one of the things that kind of sparked this idea, was uh, the insane optional NPC banter you can overhear, which you kind of have to go out of your way to hear it because you're above the city so often. Like... Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's so fun to not be on the ground of the city that uh, uh, you rarely find yourself there. But if you just walk up to certain NPCs, you'll overhear really weird conversations that I don't know if they were scripted or improv'd. Um, there was two uh, two women with baby strollers, and you can overhear them talking about how they got a gig as a nanny and lied on their resume and had never actually taken care of a baby. But now that they're doing it, it's pretty easy. And I'm like, this is insane. Like, why is this conversation in the game? And it was great. Like, insane. I, I loved it. Uh, and uh, there's there's little pockets of that all around. There's a construction site where, like, two people working on the site are arguing about, like, what they should do and then complaining about their bosses and being micromanaged and stuff. And these are so... 0.001% of people are actually going to hear these because they are so, like, inconsequential. Uh, but to me, that ends... That, that lends it a sense of these characters exist without me um and obviously it's an illusion because all video games are an illusion but um yes. i thought it was i thought it was really impressive boy i'd hate to have been a writer on that game <laughs> yeah i don't know if I, i'd be really curious if they just got mobs of improv people to be like go and I then guess. they just they just cut up microphones I know I've seen like footage of like the mocap sessions where they just had a bunch of dudes just walking in circles in a room. Yeah, to kind of get like the din of a city, which yeah. uh, is, is is pretty impressive. But um, yeah, that was a small thing that uh, that I really liked. Like the the feeling <laughs> that if you removed myself from this world, the world would still be going on, and that's one part of it. I don't know if the rest of it. I mean, it no. feels like. New York would crumble without Spider-Man, but... Yeah, you know, something I've... Uh, the games I've always felt 
have that sense. Uh, basically, every sandbox made by Rockstar. Yeah, because Rockstar yeah. very rarely indulge in big, you know, big in scope, save the world plots. It's always just mm-hmm. you're a dude in this world. You're like pursuing your personal issues, and the world will move on perfectly well without you. Yeah, ultimately, um, like you're not like there's no kind of god complex. You are yeah. just you're gonna be here. You're gonna die, and. Yeah, you will eventually be forgotten about. Like Spider-Man and a lot of games like that feel like they ultimately revolve around the hero. Yeah, uh, but Rockstar yeah. games do the exact opposite. The world couldn't care less if you live or die, and in that sense, that uh, feels like a more feels like more what I would think of as a living, breathing world. Yeah, yeah, and uh, there's there's a couple moments in Red Dead Two that I really love where you go back to camp and you sort of have like a party overnight at Mm. camp and it is one of those things where like the scene plays on for x amount of time and you need to kind of choose which conversations you want to be a part of because if you're talking to dutch you're gonna miss a conversation Mm. uh you know all the way to the other side of camp and then if you walk into that conversation it's already halfway through so you're gonna have to sort of piece together what these people are talking about and uh feels almost like an immersive theater in that way but i really like the idea that these people are all doing things whether you're looking at them or not it's not the illusion of the world doesn't exist behind you because your character isn't facing it so i'm a bit sniffy about the whole concept of the world exists without you i always thought that was like something to the detriment of something like the elder scrolls games where they're always going on about hey all these npcs are pursuing their own personal schedules where when you're not around and uh, if you catch them at the wrong hour they're going to be in bed and be a bit annoyed that you had to wake them up and I'm like, I don't think that really benefits the game, though. I mean, if I'm not looking at it, I don't care. And uh, yeah. if someone's in bed, well, I have to like hand in their mission to them. It's just going to be annoying. I got shit to do. So, are you not like? Uh, does does the idea of like the 24 hour clock and the characters keeping a schedule in games that doesn't that doesn't uh, benefit that doesn't like aid a open world in your mind? I think if it's, I think it's an awful lot of effort to go to if it's not particularly relevant. It's relevant in something like Shadows of Doubt, because that's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's central to the deductive nature of the gameplay. But in yeah. something like um, Elder Scrolls, where you, all you really do is like clear out dungeons mm-hmm. uh, and pursue quests, it just feels yeah. like you could have just randomized their behavior as they come close to you, and no one would have batted an eye. Yeah. Yeah, because like you said, it, if if a game really revolves around it, Shadows of Doubt, um, Majora's Mask, even like Outer Wilds, where mm. planets are going to disintegrate at a certain point, even if you're not near the planet. Um, that makes sense. But yeah, doing it at a large scale throughout the world without a purpose seems... Mm. Is it like peacocking? I don't know. Well, it does feel like, you know, flexing your coding peen unnecessarily. Yeah. Yeah, peen cocking. Ooh, I didn't mean to say that. And then that we get into the debate of, like, is it really worth putting that much effort into something? And, like, you know, when you could be spending that effort on something else. Like, you were talking about those conversations in Spider Man that mm-hmm. you said it was like a small touch that made the world feel alive, but a lot of work presumably had to go into creating it. Yeah. And in co- that 0.001% of people are going to notice. And in comparison, I've thought of um, the NPC banter in the Arkham games. And Arkham City onwards does really good NPC banter. Mm-hmm. Like you'd, and uh, it's not just on the side. You like literally like tune into their conversations when you're close enough with your bat earpiece. Yeah. Piece. And it's usually like the same three or four 
thug voice actors, but they do such sure. like a flamboyant performance. Yeah, yeah. That feels living, breathing in a sort of operatic sense. Like all these characters yeah. are clearly defined and like expressing themselves. Yeah, yeah. And you um, feel like immersed in like the the nature of the city uh, because it's so because it's like sort of beaten over the head with it, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, Rocksteady was really good at it, which makes um, which makes the fact that they haven't made a game in eight years and then are yeah. now doing the Suicide Squad all the sadder. And that's an example uh, of sort of like, you know, faking uh, the living, breathing world uh, by like really overdoing it. And if you like did the Elder Scrolls living, breathing world, uh, it, a lot of it just wouldn't, because you're not banging the player over the head with it, a lot of it would be lost on them. So probably needn't have bothered. So when it comes to living, yeah. breathing world, almost deliberately seeming unreal can make it seem more real yeah sometimes like striving for realism isn't the way to that's an example of me continuing to talk because i was hoping i'd get to a point if i just kept talking it worked it worked i think i absolutely think it worked um yeah i mean sometimes striving for realism isn't the way to get the illusion of realism right it's um, yes you you kind of want to you want to get something that uh, it's uh, like how um, in like the XCOM games, oftentimes uh, when your chance to hit is like sixty percent, they will tell you it's uh, something like twenty percent to make yeah. you feel uh, a fist like, bump when you get it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like uh, having it so that if there's a timer going down, they know you're going to make it out with just a few seconds to spare, so that you're like, ooh. That was good, even though there was really no like you know, yeah. no fear of of uh, missing it in the first place. So you've got to uh, you've got to tweak certain things for the end user experience. I think. Yeah, yeah. One thing Spider Man didn't do is um, like those other games. There's no like time of day. Is that something that matters to you? Like Spider Man, it will occasionally a story beat will happen and it'll be night for a while. Mm. Um, but there is no, you can't just like sit at the top of the Empire State Building and watch a 24-hour time lapse, you know, over the course of whatever. Is that something you like in games? Do you like it where there's, where where day feels like day, night feels like night, there might be a change in the air uh, depending on a time of day. The Persona games, they don't have the constantly yeah. moving thing, but if you visit a neighborhood during the day, bars and stuff might be closed. Uh, if you yeah. visit at night, the bars are open, but maybe the shops are closed. Yeah, I tend not to appreciate that in like your Spider Man's because uh, you know doesn't because sometimes you might find yourself doing a mission at a time when it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be doing that vision. Yeah, and games will sometimes fake it to where you'll get yeah. to the mission and it'll just be like, well, the clock's fast forwarding because this mission takes place during the morning and uh, it's yeah, it has suppose- to be the morning. I suppose the day-night cycle works for me when it's uh, when the your actual gameplay obligations are based around it, like in Persona, like in Stardew Valley. Yeah, because uh, then it feels like um, your experience is structured around it, and uh, mm-hmm. it's very. I find it very easy to just get lost uh, in the game uh, and get lost in a cycle of just one more day, just one more day, just one more day. In yeah, games yeah. like Stardew Valley games. and Persona, yeah, yeah, I like uh, I like games too where it's not even just. Uh, the 24 hour cycle, but where it's cognizant of the time of the year. Hmm. Um, and Persona 5 is one awesome thing that I'd never even picked up on my first playthrough. If you visit Shibuya right around Halloween, it's decked out for Halloween. And like when you, on the loading screen, when it shows you sort of like on the subway going there, uh, the silhouettes of the characters are like dressed in costumes and stuff. Um, um, 
and it's like a really small thing. It doesn't really draw any attention to it. There's no like special mission or anything. Uh, but it's a small thing. And then Animal Crossing does the same thing. Stardew Valley, Bully went through seasons. Um, I guess a lot of like school based games um, tend mm. to do that because it's an easy way to to frame things. But um, yeah. that just I guess gives it that sense of like realism of well after. You know, when it's autumn, the next thing that's probably going to come is winter, and then you're going to see the flowers bloom again in spring. That certainly is a good case of making you feel like there's a larger world, and it has its and it just sticks to a certain schedule. Yeah, yeah, and it's a schedule, especially if it's school based. It's something that everyone's kind of familiar with and knows the kind of how certain seasons and certain times of the year have their own like unique tones to them that you can draw from. So uh, what, what is an example of an open world that doesn't feel alive, that doesn't feel like a living, breathing world, that does the exact opposite of what we want, would you say? Uh, that's a good question. Um, if you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Despite how much I love it visually, um, nothing about a game like Ghost of Tsushima mm. feels like it is live. Like if it, it, well, like, <laughs> you feel the nature of Ghost of Tsushima. Well, in that but case, that's because all the humans have been killed. <laughs> I mean, is that like, I guess that's, but it's interesting. You bring up the Arkham games. They always find a reason that the town's empty, right? Like uh, everyone em abandoned town or it's Christmas. Everyone's inside. Empty except for a large number of thugs who all have the same voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, that's a good, that's a good question. I'll tell you the name that springs to mind is Gotham Knights. Okay. Gotham Knights really feels like the, the the sandbox is just being set up for grindy missions and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when you like uh, commuting through the streets on your motorbike, it feels like there's no one around. It feels yeah. like there's hardly any cars on the road. Every now and again you pass an NPC who takes the piss out of your tights. <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying to like... That's uh, Saints Row, the recent one, didn't feel like there was like you know I've, I'm very lukewarm on no, that, that game. I that definitely does, totally yeah, does feel like an open world that's waiting for you to like build stuff on it. Yeah, and there's games that had one like I feel like Watch Dogs Three, uh, which you helped do some punch ups on, uh, had the kernel of the idea that every NPC in this world has a backstory. Yeah, um, and that conceptually really really leads to this living breathing thing yeah there was a lot of good it thinking behind it it did but yeah. uh, it just didn't really execute well in the gameplay did it yeah, i would love that's one i would love to see i don't know if, i assume we'll get a watchdogs for at some point but i would love to see that idea like another stab taken at that idea yeah, try with, again uh, lessons learned from the first time yeah this um, yeah let's um let's make it so it actually matters what kind of person you're playing as yeah and not everyone can do the same hacking stuff because i remember saying uh, when i was reviewing it um if you just restricted the hacking powers to one like specific kind of person 
and another kind of person was only good at like assault and one other person was only good at driving and you could set up sort of heist like things where every where you could position different characters at different places yeah yeah like set up your own little oceans 11 thing that would be awesome yeah so you could switch Um, back and forth uh, between characters to do the different parts of the mission and now that i think about it I feel like Ubisoft, despite as uh, how ubiquitous their open world games are, um, Ubisoft ubiquitous is that intentional? Do we think? Um, I don't know if they're open world games. If any of them, I put sort of in that the world itself in that opportunity. I don't feel like a Far Cry game, especially since three, has had that like feeling of alive. Um, hmm. Even Assassin's Creed. Well, it the Ubisoft style sandbox right. is like the checkbox sandbox, where it's just go yeah. to all these icons on the map. And when you do that, where you just like plaster the map with icons, it just yeah. creates this sense of divide between what is icon and what isn't. Everything that isn't icon, you can safely ignore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I guess at that point, you start seeing the illusion, right? Like yeah. you start seeing the code and realizing what you're doing is filling out a checklist and at that point nothing feels alive then yeah i think it's always like sort of an immersion killing moment when you're in a game say like say alan wake mm-hmm. uh where you're trying to investigate a room full of stuff but only one thing has like a contextual button prompt hanging over it like there's one cupboard with a contextual yeah. button prompt and like 500 cupboards that don't and it just feels like yeah well how do we know this one's special yeah, I mean that's a tough um that's a tough like balancing act because would you rather have a lot of people complained about Red Dead 2 that you could like open every drawer and that there was like a button to open every drawer and like open the cupboards and stuff or a game that like I always have a hard time with Bethesda games cuz it's like oh you can just put anything in your inventory and I'm like do I want to take all these cans and bottles and wheels of cheese? Well, like, would you right. rather have a game just say, hey, these are the important things, nothing else matters? Or would you rather need to want to, like, rummage through all that shit in order to find the important things? <sighs> I don't know if there's an answer to that. That was just, yeah. Well, I guess it depends what sort of game you're trying to make. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if um, you're making, like, a detective game like L.A. Noire, then I would say give the player the ability to examine everything. Yeah, because uh, you so ultimately need some things that aren't important. Yeah, like If everything's important, it's going to be too easy to solve. As I did an extra punctuation on this. Uh, detective games need to put as many ways as possible for the player to be wrong, for it to be a yeah. stimulating deductive challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you need to like have more to go on than just click on everything in the room. You need to be able to yeah. deduce what's important. Yeah. And as a part of that i do like the 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 animal part of my brain still does uh uh you know get a little bit of an endorphin rush when there's a good physics engine in place Mm. when like things move and fall over each other and interact with each other in a way that they would realistically um there's the 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 last the thing that always has still impresses me uh three years later is the rope physics in uh the last of us part two like there was like a there's one part where you need to like take like a power cord and like fling it over a fence or something, mm. and just like the rope physics on that, like I was fucking around with that for like twenty minutes because I was just like this is so impressive this feels like a real rope yeah. you made it's a real rope and you put it in a game. It's one of the things you don't think about so much. I remember when like no. rope first became a thing in games. What they <laughs> what they normally do is they'd have a sort of they sort of render it bit at a time. 
Mm-hmm. And so you, uh, I remember Half-Life Opposing Force had these like weird sort of wiggly, wibbly wobbly ropes yeah. that you could swing on in like an incredibly slow fashion while the physics yeah. engine sort of killed itself trying to figure out what to do with it. Yeah, even Half-Life 2, I, that was one of the earlier, some of those puzzles of like, put the power cord in. And like, looking back on it, it gets kind of janky and stuff. But at the time, it was like really fucking impressive. Um, I guess like, I mean, all the things in that game, the, the physics engine yeah. and everything was, was just really fucking impressive. Don't take your ropes for granted. Don't. Kids, it's never really take your hard. Uh, does having real products in a game uh, impact you one way or another? Like brand name cars? brand name things billboard uh, like if you saw a pepsi billboard in the game would that do anything for you one way or another absolutely not it might take me out of it yeah i was wondering if that's like a, is that an immersion break like the fact that gta makes up all of its cars is that a pro or a con in your mind that's that's fine because uh when you reference something from the real world i guess your your brain brings out all this baggage with it you start yeah. the pepsi logo your brain goes pepsi pepsi girl pepsi man uh yeah that weird pepsi advert with the date rapist mm-hmm. i don't remember that one. Oh, i don't remember that one uh i remember what was what was her name kylie jenner tried to end uh end protests by giving pepsi yeah. to a cop which was and nice when you uh when you see uh pepsi appear in a video game world you immediately have to assume pepsi is an entity that exists in that world and with that comes all the things pepsi has done pepsi was once uh shilled by michael jackson is michael jackson a thing in this world how did miles morales react to michael jackson's uh sudden death and exposure of his you would have been a child i think he would have been a child when he died he probably didn't have to worry about it too much um i mostly agree with you I think it is very funny in certain sta- uh, circumstances, like um, the Monster Energy drink in uh, Death Stranding. That was a really dumb. weird example, though. Yeah, and I guess it's already a game to where it's like, when I'm going into a Kojima game, I'm not expecting... No, you're not expecting to be immersed in verisimilitude when you play yeah. Kojima. Yeah, game. no, no, not, uh, not in the slightest. Um you just just get the sense of oh hideo <laughs> oh you uh yeah the couple noodles in final fantasy as well um yeah mm. dumb, some, some the real calorie mates in metal gear solid the calorie mates yeah uh yeah like actual magazines actual like uh magazines and posters that you could throw on there uh what did uh what, what about like a uh physical layout of a place uh that that feels dense and realistic i'm, I'm thinking of stuff like the yakuza games like their depiction of uh Kamurocho. Mm. um even some of the shops in like ghostwire tokyo even though they were devoid of people you could go into like the corner stores and they look like japanese 7-elevens yeah i think that all comes down to attention to detail mm-hmm. you get down to the ground level and you see all the individual uh labels on the rice buns yeah so you can feel immersed yeah. Yeah, yeah. Something they were going for in Shenmue, which yeah, didn't that might feel... be like the first game that really tried to yeah, that I remember that really tried to strive for this. Didn't feel like a living, breathing world to me though, because every character in it acts like a wooden puppet. Yes, yeah, they tried. Listen, they tried, and that's yeah, all that yeah, mattered. They tried, they failed. Let's move on. They tried. They made a bad game, and other people made better games uh, in in that. Uh, yes without shenmue would we have had yakuza a question for the ages perhaps i think think that's definitely a no there um 
I also like the I like when my actions bring change to the world. Uh-huh. Either like characters who are are referring to things in the story, like that that sort of the state of NPCs and what they talk about changes mm-hmm. depending on what I do. Um, you got a little bit of that in. Uh, it's not a spoiler. The first mission of Spider-Man two is a big fight against Sandman. Mm. And for a little while after that, there's still like remnants of sand on the streets. Yeah. Um, I did kind of like, like how that. occasionally when you're swinging through the city, like you tune into a podcast and the characters mm-hmm. are just like discussing. Yeah. Uh, they're like, Oh man, you guys wrecked the museum last night. That's kind of fucked up. Um, yeah. That, that yeah. felt uh, pretty satisfying. And yeah. always a pleasure to hear from J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man game, of course. He's, he's just very angry at Spider-Man. He just wants his pictures, and he's very angry at Spider-Man. Um, yeah, small things. Even, like, uh, the the small things in, like, I always like in Okami being able to bring life back to the world. And my actions mm. make an area uh, sort of feel, um, feel alive again. And uh, Majora's yeah. Mask is a similar thing where after every dungeon, like the area has been kind of cleansed and feels different than it was um, before. Like that feels like I've made an actual change. I'm a member of society who's made a positive change. It's funny. It seems like the more the game actively system systemizes something like that, like say mm-hmm. uh, like an open world game where you unlock the districts one by one and uh, mm-hmm. liberate each one by doing some like a set number of missions. The less immersive, the less real it feels. But if it does that sort of thing in the background, yeah, where if you do something yeah. and then the game unexpectedly like has a lingering effect because of it, yeah. Uh, or if you do something and the game calls you out for it, like in Half Life Two, if you pick up a TV and throw it out the window, and Alex Vance says, "Yeah, you're right. We shouldn't be sitting around watching TV all day." Yeah, that uh, feels more real than if the game actively makes a system out of it. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed when I was I was playing through Spider-Man Two over the weekend, and I got to a point where I'm like, I guess I'm just gonna ignore the side or the main mission and go find all like the Craven bases and beat up all the Craven base guys, and like that is like changing the world, but it felt very routine. It felt like mm. the game gave me my mission, and I was just doing the things as opposed to yeah, see, I beat up enough people and made a positive impact, and I didn't even realize it. See, so yeah, when I'm playing through the campaign. I want to focus on the campaign. But then when I was just playing Spider-Man 2 to kill time the other day, uh, I put a podcast on and then grinded through all the like hunter missions and all the like yeah. repetitive missions like that because that's that's what I wanted to do at that point. I wanted to unwind with it rather than just do the serious stuff. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's, it's, it's good at handling both, which is a compliment, I guess. Yeah, I, I suppose. I suppose it's any com- yeah. always a compliment if you want to play a game for fun and not because you're obliged to. Yeah. Agreed. Well, uh, shall we, we go to Super Chats? There's so many. Yes. There's so many, there's so many yes, let's about. go to Super Chats. Well, I imagine there's so many because all of them are going towards the funding of Adventures Die Season 4. Oh my God, well, that 40%? At- yeah, almost at 40%, but I don't think we're going to get to 40% by the end of today's stream. I don't I think, think they're that cool. good. I think it would be impossible. Not at all. It can't be done. It can't be done. It was just fine, but it just can't be done. Well, anyway, starting with Leo Gill. Welcome to Early Access. Thank you, Leo. And then uh, Alex Armstrong for the first actual Super Chat with $5. Says, missed last SSE because I was on a cruise. But <laughs> you know what franchise's roots should stop coming back? Sonic's Green Hill. We're sick and oh, tired no. of it. Well, Rock I just down. feel like every Sonic game, they basically just... Uh, with the exception of maybe Sonic Mania, uh, they just sort of rehash the usual settings. 
for each one. So the first one is grass, green grass uh, on brown with a lake in the background. And then later on there's an ancient ruin and later on there's a factory and there's the one that's the casino night zone but slightly yeah. disguised. Yeah. Uh, you know what game didn't do that? Sonic Frontier is one of the best games of 2022. Oh, fuck up. It also wasn't actually one of the best games of 2022, but enjoyable. We both liked it, and you can watch the VOD, because both of us played it and we enjoyed it. This may, well, what I'm saying about uh, Sonic rehashing worlds may come in relevant when my Sonic Superstars review goes up. Ooh, when's that? Uh, this week, if you remember. Oh my god, get on that. Be a member, and if you're yes. a member, you can hear him cuss. Yes, you have to wait another week for my Spider-Man 2 review, because Sony's still isn't giving us any review codes. But maybe they will after my Spider-Man 2 review because I'm broadly nice to it. Um, do you do you call Knuckles the B-word at all in your review? What? In your Knuckles review, the buckles? What, what, what are you saying? Knuckles the buckles! Knuckles the buckles! Also, Sony, they don't have any more announced games, so it's going to be a long time, I think, before our first party Sony games comes out. So well, that'll give them time to get over it, I suppose. There you go. There you go. <clears throat> also, oh, a uh, lot of people are confused because there was time change in Europe this weekend, uh, and so people were like, "You're an hour early," and I was like, "That can't be true." We're definitely at the time we always do, and I think American time changes this weekend, next weekend. Um, like it's that. sometime next month, I think, which would be like yeah, cool could be this, could be this weekend or next weekend. Who knows? No, no, it's a pain in the ass if you've got toddlers who've got strict yeah, bedtimes. I can imagine toddlers with dogs. You got both. But, yeah, but anyway, Jules Rowe gifted one escapist membership, uh, and Yetum ended up getting it. Thank you very much, Jules Rowe. Very sweet of you. And then they came with two euros and said simply, Coom. Coom? Coom. What do we think Coom is? Uh, a misspelled racial slur? I hope not. Isn't, does it, it isn't in, uh, what's it called? They call you a Coom. Uh, uh, Cyberpunk? Isn't that what it, oh no, Choom. Choom. I was thinking word shadow run. Was that a shadow oh, run thing? I don't know. In Cyberpunk, I think someone calls you Choom. What did you did you think Cyberpunk felt like a liver the the Night City? Did Night City feel like a living breathing world? I guess so. Because I remember, you know, I'd be uh, in like a bad part of town, waiting by the road for my ride to arrive, and I'd be just just some guys having a fight a little ways down the road. And I yeah. liked how you never really saw the same NPC twice. Mm-hmm. I picked up on those things. Pity about all the bugs. Pity about my trousers disappearing so much. It only took three years, but they found your pants. Well, I don't believe in second chances, I'm afraid. Ah. Then you would not make a good Spider-Man, because he definitely believes in second chances. Tell me about it. Like, half his bloody villains (laughs) in Spider-Man 2. Like the tombstones like running go-karts. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I mean... I mean, every villain in that game is either in prison or has been reformed. Mysterio's reformed. Sandman's reformed. 
they're way too forgiving to Mysterio and being like, and, no. and those villains yeah. in this particular canon hadn't been introduced yet, so they've been established as villains and been reformed off screen. Which I like. I like the idea that, like, listen, Spider-Man and Miles, they've been doing, doing shit for the last few years. You just gotta play catch-up. Well, maybe I wanted to see Mysterio's origin because I liked it in the first Spider-Man 2 so much. What Do you, do you think it was like he got stuck on a puzzle game? No, he, he was just... playing Return of the Obra Dinn and got too frustrated and was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna fucking kill everyone in New York with riddles." No, we put him under the category of went mad because Spider Man humiliated him in some way. <laughs> My God, if I became a supervillain every time I got humiliated, that'd be so many supervillains. Well, you don't live in the Marvel universe. Have you never like uh, gotten to your knees in a rainy alleyway and shaken your fists at the sky and vowed revenge on someone? I did that after I got super lost in Silent Hill 4 on stream. I closed the stream and then I started screaming at the Konami gods because I didn't know how to get out of the apartment complex. Oh, I finished Silent Hill right. 4. They just, that, that game just ends. Like, that game just was like, Ooh. all right, we're done with the game. Bye, everyone. What ending did you get? I actually got the best one, it turns out. Um, so you, she, you purged the ghost and saved your girlfriend. We saved the girlfriend and I exercised the ghosts, which I thought I did a very bad job and I thought she should have died, but... Um, I was playing on easy as well, which it was still very tense on easy. There's a couple of hidden mechanics there. If the more times you let her get hit by enemies throughout the course of the game, the faster she moves towards the thing that kills her in the ending. Yeah, we were trying to we were trying to figure that out because she was not she was not looking great by the end of that game. Um, I also realized I completely missed that like iconic room with the big head in it. Oh, that's one of the like 19 billion hospital rooms. I didn't. I thought I was. Thorough. I was being pretty thorough, but um, apparently not thorough enough. Oh, there you go. Uh, Doran Grossman Naples gives five dollars and says, "Here's something that confuses me. What even makes a world open? Dark Souls has a massive interconnected world, but we don't call it open world. Uh, well, an open world is one where you can go anywhere in it, wherever you like. We usually say sandbox in that sense. I'd say Dark Souls is more of an open-ended world." Yeah. It's more so in a sort of Metroidvania sense. Yeah. But, like, uh... Do, do you think, uh... Can individual levels be... Like, what is, uh, Mario Odyssey? New Donk City in Mario Odyssey. Is that an open world? Is that just a large stage? Uh... It's not much of a world. It's just, like, one city. Okay. But I mean, like, does it does there have to be a certain size, a certain scope to it? Did you ever play a short hike? No, I know of it though. It's a very small. It's like two to three hours to get through. It's this <coughs> single island that you're slowly, slowly kind of getting to the top of. Um, but it feels like a little open world in your pocket. But I don't know if it's too small for it. I wouldn't say Mario Odyssey was open world. I'd say it has a number of hub levels. Okay. Uh, none of which are that are not aren't technically like connected to each other, except by mm -hmm. you know like those teleport things. Yeah, uh, and uh, I wouldn't say they are large enough to constitute open worlds. No, I would think there is a size component in the definition of an open world. So, in terms of FromSoft stuff, Elden Ring would be the only one you would call an open world. Yes, the rest are more sort of Metroidvania structured. Gotcha. I probably agree with that. Yeah. More like a spaghetti, pile of spaghetti than a big meadow. Have you ever eaten spaghetti in a meadow? That'd be weird. That'd be a really weird place to eat spaghetti. Unless it's a Italian picnic. 
can't have spaghetti at an Italian picnic. What are you doing? That's a terrible picnic food. Well, Italians just eat pasta for every for every meal. They I assume... really do love it. They really do love it. Isn't it true that the Italian World War II field rations incorporated spaghetti? That would be incredible. Maybe that's where like spaghetti goes. Chef Boyardee. General Chef Boyardee. It's possible. Someone confirmed that in the chat. I remember hearing that somewhere. <clears throat> Geldon Yetic gives $2 and says, Have you heard of the game Heard of the Story? Nope. I have not heard of Heard of the Story. Ironically. That was a hard, that was a hard sentence. Heard of the Story. A cozy medieval city builder simulation uh, with intelligent AI villagers. Mm. But what's the actual it looks, game? It's a, it looks like a city uh, city builder. It looks very like visually, it looks like a Roblox kind of. It's an early access. Well, I ain't uh, big on city I'm builders. Not. Uh, am I? It seems like it's almost like a story generator, though. Okay. I'm curious. I want someone else to play this, and then I'll watch a video essay on it. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, I see. Yeah. You are uh, subcontracting now, are you? I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> task rabbiting someone playing this. That's why I want it for Starfield. I want I wanted someone to play the game for me, and then to do a bunch of new game plus stuff, and then just tell me about the new game plus stuff. Because I didn't want to actually play the game, but I wanted to know what was going on in it. Okay, uh, race car lock gives five dollars and says two games I would say do the living and breathing world thing well are Sim Tower and Ute Tower because NPCs arrive, depart, and sleep on a schedule. Ute Tower. That's it is interesting how like world builders and city builders sort of apply to the whole creating a living and breathing world thing. Yeah, and like what what Gelden said about that last game too. I guess that's like can you have a, a living breathing world from a mile high view? Like do you have to be in the world to, well, to have it feel living breathing? You know, world? we never didn't really define what living breathing world means, but I but uh, you certainly can't immerse yourself into a, a city builder world. Yeah. Because as you say, you're a mile above it. Yeah. But I guess it's kinda like looking at a like a really well crafted like diorama or like train set. I was gonna say ant farm. Ant farm, yeah. Sure. An ant farm feels like a living, breathing world, I suppose. Yeah. Also, what is the Ute Tower? Do you know what Ute Tower is? I have no idea. I assumed from context it was some sort of knockoff sim tower in the city skylines sort of area. Oh, my God. It was a 1998 construction game. It, is, oh, it has a very 1998 cover. <laughs> Ute Tower. Uh, Alex Armstrong gives $5 and says, You say a living, breathing world will continue with or without the protagonist, but Driver San Francisco and Majora's Mask need them to stay alive to exist. I suppose. I don't really see the yeah, gotcha I there, mean, Alex Armstrong. But that's, wait, Driver San Francisco needs you? Is well, spoiler, spoiler alert, uh, that game's all a dream. Oh, so, they all, so it's like... Uh, so the city literally wouldn't exist without the protagonist because the protagonist is dreaming it. Wait, but like, does San Francisco exist outside of that man's dream? Yeah, he sort or of dreams. Can literally create the concept of San Francisco in his dream? He creates a dream world version of San Francisco where he has superpowers. Gotcha. Is it just like a sleepy dream or is he in a coma? He's in a coma. Okay, it'd be funny if it was just like like a little catnap and he dreamed that whole thing up. No. Uh, Ute Tower. 
is uh, developed by uh, uh, the same team who would go on to do Seaman and Odama. Did you ever play Odama on the GameCube? Can't say I did. It was a... I know uh, what Seaman uh, is. Odama was a pin a pinball uh, uh, tactical wargaming game to where mm-hmm. it was like feudal Japanese warfare, but your main weapon was called the Odama, and it was like a battle pinball. Barack Odama. Great. Barack Odama. Thanks, Odama. That'd be the name of my podcast if I ever have an Odama-centric podcast. Well, that would certainly bring in a niche audience. <laughs> uh, Richard Holland gives one ninety nine, but says nothing. Although it was uh, their first super chat, so good for them. Well, thank you. Oh, but a while's down, they then uh, have a standard chat saying, uh, "Joking aside, could NPC banter be a good use of the Chat GPT AI software? Have random discussion generated on the fly, reflecting the news of the day." No, hire writers, you assholes. Hire writers, yeah. Please hire writers. Like do yes. or do bring improv. Like that's the, the Spider-Man thing. Even if that wasn't written, at the very least, it was actors improving. We don't need robots doing it. Get the robots out of here. Watch yeah. Terminator. The robots are going to fuck us up. Just get them out of here. Well, maybe at the point where the robot brain and the human brain is interchangeable, they can all come and join us in society. Because then there we could go. all upload our consciousnesses to the internet and become, you know, gods in the new world. Think about it. New world gods. NWG. Anyway, Captain Seasick gives 50 Swedish kroner and says, For my money, literally speaking, Wind Waker ah. has the best living, breathing world of any open world game. I don't know if I'd agree yeah. with that. Wind Waker's great. You're not yeah, it's a great it. game. Out of me. Um, I mean, it's got that thing where all the NPCs keep to a schedule. Yeah, it's got days and nights. Um, I'm trying to think outside of Majora's Mask, if any of the Zelda games. like does. Here's, here's an interesting point about Wind Waker. The day and night only transitions while you're traveling. It never transitions while you're on an island. Oh, you're kind of like instanced into whatever time of day that is when you enter Yes. An Yes, hmm. interest in that. That is a fun fact. Do you think, uh, we mentioned Majora's Mask a couple times, do you think uh, other Zelda games, there are other Zelda games that, that really do their living, breathing world? Like, would you, you know, say Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom? Yeah, I was just thinking, I don't think I would. I think that's definitely a protagonist-centric world, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. It uh, Tears of the Kingdom especially definitely has the... Um, the physics part of it down mm. like the uh, uh let me create a thing and see what sort of weird trouble i can get into with this thing but um yeah it doesn't feel like there's almost got like the not sense, enough life i never got the sense if the breath of the wild world was supposed to be post-apocalyptic or not because sometimes it felt like it was and sometimes you're just in a village and everything's fine i guess that's like there was probably, during World War II, you could probably go to certain towns and people were like, well, there's world wars going on, but we still got to chat with the Zoras. I guess. Well, anyway. I really like Zelda. I just, I just want everyone to know I really like Zelda, including Wind Waker. Then Captain Zizek, Captain Zizek comes back with 20 Swedish kroner and says, and I almost forgot, happy Halloween in advance. <laughs> oh my God. Are you taking the kids trick-or-treating? Is that a thing? Certainly I am. They're very excited. excited about their costumes. What are the costumes? Can you tell us? One of them's Bambi. Oh. Because they've gotten big into Bambi lately. Oh, my God. Is it, Are they sad? Is the, because the beginning of Bambi is very sad. No, no. They just seem to gloss over the dead mum thing in Bambi, just much as the film does the moment Bambi's mum's dead. <laughs> I guess I was, that's true. I was talking about this on the unscripted stream last week. 
Uh, if you've ever actually seen Bambi, Bambi's mum dies like halfway through, and then in the very next scene, Bambi's just stopped caring. Yeah. Bambi's grown up into an adult and is just focused on getting uh, some lovely deer sex with a lady deer for the rest of the film. Yeah. And her, his mum never again gets uh, even name-checked. Not that she even ever had a name in the course of the film. Yeah. Mambi. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the, the quickest way to get over heartbreak is um, a bunch of kids. Age three years and then snog a female deer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, are you gonna Are you gonna celebrate tomorrow night by uh, tuning in and engaging in Silent Hill Ascension? Did you know a new Silent Hill game question mark premieres tomorrow night? Yes, I remember it being plugged in the Silent Hill announcement stream. I wasn't yeah. entirely clear on what it was. I'm still not, and it, it debuts tomorrow night. It seems like a very bad choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah, that's how it came across. Um, and uh, I will not be playing it tomorrow night, because as, as I already said, I will be taking the kids trick-or-treating. Okay, I'll play it for both of us, and I'll, I'll report. You do I'll that. report. Alex Armstrong is $2 and says, would you argue Minecraft had a good living world? Not really. I've literally never play, played Minecraft. It's so kind of completely static until you start rebuilding it. Yeah, and you... Don't you have to do everything? Like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So that's like a... Yeah, I almost feel like the Lego block thing is something different than the living, breathing world that we're talking about. Yeah, Minecraft's just a big sandbox in the literal sense. Yeah. Uh, a sandbox, as in a big box full of sand in your backyard, is not a living, yeah. breathing world. Correct. Until some kids arrive and start building stuff. If you enter a Minecraft world that has already been built, then could that feel living and breathing? Well, that's on whoever's been building it. Yeah. But anyway, Mark Divis, member for two months, uh, in the sponsor-free plus bonus tier, which I think I is a new one a on me. No, apparently that's, but they've been renamed. Who says, I'm not a massive Fallout fan, but New Vegas had some great environmental storytelling. The position of corpses and weapons tells a tale. I like that. It's nice when they put a little bit of thought into the positioning of corpses. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not like, just uh, set dressing. Like, yeah, putting some actual care into environmental storytelling and, and being able to pull a little bit from that. I remember watching um, a Let's Play of Silent Hill Homecoming where they had a little like joke counter that would go up by one every time they saw another instance of this one corpse. There's this one like <laughs> skinned corpse that, that they just sort they of just drop. Use it? Uh, they just drop around the environment for like set dressing. Yeah. And this yeah. Let's Play was just keeping a little counter that would go ding every time we saw one. That's really funny. Oh no. Uh, I, after finishing Silent Hill 1 through 4, I think my goal next October is going to be the other four Silent Hill games. Being uh, Homecoming, Shattered Memories, Downpour, Origin. and Origins. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to play the Vita 1. No, obviously not. No. Yeah. Did no, say no more. I ain't going to be yeah. a purist in, in <laughs> for that. I haven't played it, and I never will. Apparently, it's like 30 hours long. What are we doing? Why are we making 30 hours Silent Hill games? Slade Plays Games gives $20 and says, Yahtzee, has Adventurers and I changed your mind on multiplayer games not being immersive? Marty, what game would you like to co-op with Yahtzee? Can't wait for the next season. Keep up the good, great content. 
well, uh, I haven't changed my mind on multiplayer video games not being immersive. Um... Well, the way I see it is that when we play D&D, we're all sitting in a circle talking to each other. And if you're playing like a co-op video game, you're sitting on a couch next to someone and you're both looking at a screen. You're not looking at each other, you're looking at a screen. And uh, the other person sitting next to me talking sort of takes me out of the reality of the game. And that's why I've never found multiplayer video games immersive. Uh, yeah, I would, I would agree like that. Like Pulsar and Sea of Thieves, I never felt like I was on a ship. A no, spaceship. Felt like we were ship. hanging out and taking the piss. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, in terms of multiplayer, I would love to see you play Dokapon Kingdom, which is the the Mario Party slash Monopoly slash weeb shit that we've been playing for game night the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, because it is it is an outlandish video game that there's mm-hmm. no rhyme or reason why certain things will happen and um. It has caused uh, a lot of very funny moments, and I feel like it would drive you fucking insane. You're making it sound like one of the Rhythm Heaven games. <laughs> a little, a little bit, a little bit. Um, we'll see. Maybe, maybe uh, one of the ideas was possibly doing a in-person stream of that while you guys are filming season four next year. Oh, we'll well, yeah, that'll be it won't be for a while yet. But yeah, yeah. I'm get I'm down. Yeah. Uh, Zaratha gives two R dollars and says, "Never say no to collecting wheels of cheese." I mean, what do you do with the cheese? Do you sell the cheese? Does it go bad? Does cheese go bad? Well, uh, depends how you store it. No, I mean, you know? Real, I know real cheese goes bad, but like, does the cheese in the game go bad? I assume not. Depends. Uh, not in Skyrim. Yeah. Anyway, TJ Carr, member for 15 months, and he left his comment just underneath it saying, shout out to Dokapon streams. There you go. Good time. Remember when the king rewarded Marty by stealing his wallet? It was insane. I, I completed a mission, I helped the king, and the king was like, everyone gets a bonus, and awarded Frost, uh, Jesse, and Casey with some money, and then the king said, oh, my mistake, this was actually Marty's wallet, sorry about that, and so I just gave them money, and I was in last <laughs> place, so fucking, this king is, this king needs to be killed. Oh, that's, that's mean. What, yeah, it was great though, what a game, 10 out of 10. Uh, Fungus Finding is five dollars. Says, "Aren't you more likely to enjoy living, breathing games compared to dead games? I mean, can ever even be a bad thing? Come on, Super Chat, you can do it." Well done, Super Chat. What about dead games? Rest in peace, dead games. Well, what would say- be the opposite of a living, breathing world? A dead something like Silent Hill Two, I assume. Yeah, or, I guess so. Yeah, or like Ghostwire Tokyo, even. Ghostwire Tokyo is very dead. Yeah. Extremely yeah. dead world, but it, I wouldn't say you're less likely to enjoy them. It, they're just no. creating a different vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I want like a horror game to have a living, breathing world. I don't know if a horror game can have a living, breathing. World. Uh, Dante's Inferno. That's pretty horrific. You're surrounded by screaming like dead people the whole time. That is true. That is true. Uh, is that a horror game? I guess it's pretty ex- uh, like uh, gory. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't like say it's. it's I wouldn't say it's scary. No, I don't think so. It's. It might be horrific. Yeah, horror and horrific, definitely different things. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Mark Davis gives four ninety nine and says, "Here's a few quid for Adventure Is Nigh." I'm watching from the start, reaching the series two side quest. Loving seeing Marty oh. on there. Happy That's Halloween, cool. chaps! I hear a rumor that the next side quest might be uh, starting to be filmed soon. It might well be. 
I remember. If we can, like, get together in, like, the one hour per week when all our schedules sync up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alex Armstrong gives $5 and says, Hub worlds kind of make a living in the immersive world, like Sonic Adventure 1, where you can follow people's conversations as you progress through the game. Okay. I've never like- played Sonic Adventure 1, but everything I've seen relating to it... Uh, doesn't reflect well on it. Uh, Sonic Adventure 1 is great. I had a great time with Sonic Adventure 1. Uh-huh. Uh, I think what Alex means is it's that similar thing that we were talking about to where um, every time you like finish a level and go back to the hub, if you talk to NPCs, their dialogue changes and will right. reference. Uh, it's crazy that Eggman carpet bombed the ruins, that kind of thing, um, which I think is nice. I think that's having a character say something different throughout the game when a major thing happens I think is a small thing you could do to um, mm. add to the illusion that your world is alive like one th- I love uh, when you finish Earthbound you can uh, you kind of your goal is to take Paula back home and you can go to like pretty much any area of the game and every NPC has a new line of dialogue um, mm. because the, the threat is over and you're a new person and you're famous now and so I think that's really neat Undertale does something similar as well there you go. There's okay. so much like secret dialogue in that game. You can like yeah. call up NPC friends at virtually every room, and they will have unique dialogue. Yeah, similar <laughs> to like the I guess like the um, codec conversations in a lot of Metal Gear games. Like if you call Mailing or whoever at any specific <laughs> moment, you will get like a specific conversation that's only for this little sliver. Theoretically, yeah. Yeah, I definitely don't do that. But. I like hiding in a closet in Metal Gear Solid 2 in the prologue chapter and calling Otacon and taking the piss out of him for hiding in a closet and pissing his pants in the first game. <laughs> like a couple of buds. <clears throat> Camden Ninja gives $5 and says, Shadow of Mordor fell to life because my deeds fundamentally impact the world. I murder an NPC in Skyrim. Things stay basically unchanged. Needs a reaction. Yeah, that's the other reason gonna... Grand Theft Auto games feel like living, breathing worlds, because the world reacts to what you do. The cops get called if you commit terrible crimes. Yep. I mean, yeah, if you the... run over someone, people will, will run and flee in terror. and then Yeah. Yeah, there's consequences. I think that's an important element for the uh, Rockstar-style sandbox competitor like Ubisoft, in that... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's got that system where the police come and get you if you commit too many crimes. If you don't yeah. have that, then the the game just feels again like it's just a it's just a Minecraft sandbox world where you're just bashing toys together for your own amusement. Yeah. Also, there's a sort of impish glee in knowing the police are trying to stop you, saying "Tee hee hee, can't stop me! I'm I've got too many rocket launchers." Yeah. Dreaming of a better sleep. Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Uh, John Connor gives $5. Canadian and says Mamorpagas seem to do alive best since most people are real people. Eve, probably the best example, just gotta wait for super advanced AI. So you say that, but a player in World of Warcraft doesn't really act like a normal person would act in that world. 
They're just sort of yeah. just sort of sprinting to every objective, standing next to a uh, quest giver for a few seconds, and then sprinting away again. Yeah, I guess there's examples of like in in even like GTA Online and other MMOs of people like roleplay servers, right, where people are like genuinely roleplaying. Um, but that feels like something separate from the game itself. I've definitely heard that with Eve, though. Um, Eve is one of those games that I've only consumed via other people's stories about and find it fascinating. But it seems like it's too much. Yeah, I've tried to play it. It's boring as hell. It's, like it's got it's, it's a lot of spreadsheets. And listen, yeah, not spreading any sheets. Alex Armstrong gives two dollars and says, "Happy Halloween! Hope you got your Zentai suits." Do you know what a Zentai suit is? Yeah, it's like a morph suit. Like a onesie that covers your face, like the, like in Hollywood they'll have a dude wearing a green morph suit to like do special effects. I don't like this at all. I found a Frieza Zentai suit. Frieza, you know Frieza from Dragon Ball Z. Oh my god! I image searched this and there's just a bunch of sex stuff. What, what's going on? Why did I do that? It's sort of a uh, gimp suit thing. Yeah, it's like it's yeah, it's it's horny adjacent. So I'm gonna close that tab. Fujikawa 1988 gives 599 euros and says, For me, which of three is the best one? I remember entering the first town and some soldiers were harassing an old man who was hiding his daughter from them. Yeah, which yeah, is pretty I, good. I just don't have any history in The Witcher, but I know, uh, I think history, or The Witcher is lauded for its world feeling uh, open, right? Or feeling living. Yeah, yeah. See, my favorite parts of Witcher games were always where uh, Geralt gets a chance to just ply his trade like a visiting plumber. He's like, like, hey, Geralt, we've got uh, Griffin problems in the farm. I'm like, yeah. well, here's your problem. Here's yeah. your problem. We need to fix all in back offence. <laughs> now I charge five fifty-five an hour for uh, my services. We could talk about daily rates, etc. And so on. Uh, Captain Cz gives twenty Swedish kroner and says, "Can we abolish daylight savings time already?" No, because of farmers. Apparently, it's something to do with farmers. Yeah, we keep saying that. I feel like even the farmers are like it's fine. You can get rid of it. I think there's something afoot. I don't know mm. what it is, but I think something's afoot. That'll be like pitch dark outside at four o'clock. They don't mind. I don't know why. They probably do mind. Uh, a loof alpaca gives five dollars and says game devs need to rethink the living world idea make it literal where the world itself has blood and organs instead of dirt yeah good idea mm. loof alpaca why don't you get on that what uh what was the what was that game last year scorn yes be like scorn ending of uh silent hill 4 that started to feel living breathing world it was kind of like that mm. the, the the hallways started to pulse like yeah, the, the whole apartment was boom. the whole world made of living flesh that was always yeah. a thing, like in the last level of Contra, and yeah. uh, a few oh, yeah. other things. Yeah. Uh, end what of System Shock Two. The flesh world. Uh, I'd leave. I, w- I wouldn't want to be there. Find the nearest rectum and escape. Right out the bomb. Wesley Thomas gives five Canadian dollars. Says this reminds me of Nazis gripe about Warhammer Forty K. There cannot possibly be only war because everyone would starve to death within a month. Well, quite. Yeah. Like, what's... 
like what's going on in the in the quiet parts of uh, the yeah. Warhammer universe. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it wouldn't be as snappy if it was in the grim darkness of the far future. There is only war and a bit of uh, a bit of agriculture going on on the side somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And presumably, someone comes along to clean the windows now and then, and polish all the skulls that uh, uh, <laughs> carved into everything. A nice little toothbrush, just clean them off. And someone's got to, like, iron everyone's underpants. That is true. In the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war and ironing someone's underpants. Yeah. On the side. That's the the nice gig to have. Yeah. In the Warhammer universe. Well, we're getting perilously close to, like, end stream times, and uh, only at 39.28%, so I feel... Uh, I definitely feel like we're not going to make it to 40. Oh, well, you so tried. Leo Gill, gives, Leo Gill gives $50 a magenta oh super chat, no less. And says, Leo definitely tried. Well, Leo tried. he tried his best and it wasn't enough. Been listening to Slightly Civil War since the start. Makes Monday data entry at work go down easier. Consider this penance for waiting so long to donate. Thoughts on a Sonic Superstar stroke Mario Wonder double bill? Yeah, Yats. Well, you could watch uh, the start of my Yahtzee unscripted video from last week, and then you could watch Ooh. the next Zero Punctuation going out to members and call it a double bill. Mario Wonder's delightful. I liked when all the piranhas sang. I thought that was nice. Yeah, that was weird. It certainly caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gay Bear Bro 2 gives $10 and says, Shout out to Overly Sarcastic Productions and their video on superheroes in empty worlds. I'm about 40 minutes behind on the stream. Superheroes. There's a little recommendation for you from Gay Recos. Bear Bro 2. Recos? I can't even... Oh, no. De- detail. Yeah, I found it. I found it. I added it to my QUU. Oh, this is a very long video. This is two hours long. This is as long as a feature film. Who's got time for that? I, I got do. to I got to watch all the Noah Caldwell Gervais videos first. Oh my god! I watched a six-hour video on Resident Evil Room. It was great. Dun, it was like dun, every Resident Evil game, though. It was it was, a, it was a trip. You know, you know, I appreciate having something to put on, uh, but you got to imagine Noah Caldwell Gervais can be really, really fucking boring if you get cornered by him at a cocktail party. <laughs> <laughs> there's no game you can make a six hour video on I guess there's a difference between could you and should you well uh, I'm sure I'd get bored what would you yeah I've done at least six hours of content sure if you put all the zero punctuations together I'm sure yeah uh, Brocastle gives a thousand euros and says, In the spirit of spooky season, has Slay the Princess been on either of your radars? Its horror has stuck with me for a solid week and counting it's so good. I saw it come up in the communal Steam account. I haven't mm-hmm. played it. I've got too it much is. shit to play right now. There's I've a played... lot of shit. Yeah. I got Spider Man 2. I'm trying to get through Alan Wake 2. I got the fucking Robocop game. Uh, yeah. like Talos Principle 2 came out ages ago and I haven't uh, well, our review code came in ages ago and I haven't even started on that Jusant? the climbing game is coming I played, out tomorrow I like played it? through Jusant. Uh I haven't found a place to squeeze it into reviews I started Ghost Runner 2 I played through Cocoon so much stuff to bring up in the games I didn't end up reviewing video at the end of the year 
Yeah. Um, yeah, Slay the Princess is on my short list. Uh, we're going to have a 3MR on it uh, in the near future. I've heard it's very good, and it's short, which is also nice. Well, what a blessing that can be these days. Truly. Uh, Michael M. gives five pounds and says, I loved ditting in a cafe, sitting, I assumed he meant to say, and looking out the window in shadows of doubt, knowing everyone had their own life to get on with. Certainly. And in fact, they literally did. Everyone had a job and an apartment and someone to murder. <laughs> what if everyone in the city except for one person was a murderer and you need to figure out who that person was? Well, they play the game long enough. Presumably that would be the case. Could everyone would ever... murder at least one person. Are you ever the murderer in Shadows of Doubt? You could be, if you murder someone. No, like your character? Could your character be like... Could you wake up, try to solve the murder, and then realize it was you who did it? Like off. Oh, like a sort of uh, Fight Club twist. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, we've been blacking out. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, our evil other consciousness took over. And then I, the second half of that campaign is you having to cover it up. I don't think that can happen. No. Gotcha. Uh, Dylan, welcome to early access. No comment. Dun, dun, dun. And then Tsunami Dusha gives $20 and says, Is this topic also affected by progressing the game with the world changing due to your actions, or is this solely just non-progression with actions in the moment? I think both. Yeah, there's a lot of things that can go into making a world feel real. I would say it's one of those things where it's all about the little details. Yeah. Like uh, having a creating a sense of satisfaction from a core combat loop. It's all in the little... Uh, effects and sounds and little jolts of impact yeah i like it when uh you get a little base to build i feel like that adds a sense of uh of of like a connection between me and the world when like your villa in ac2 or uh mm. the castle in suikoden your 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 pirate fortress and skies for arcadia i always like building a little base let me build a base did you plant flowers in the flower garden in uh, jedi survivor I did. I planted a bunch of flowers upstairs. That yeah, I like the I like the bar thing. Every time I come back and there's like new folks in the bar, I thought that was really nice. I didn't plant any flowers. I didn't see much point. Well, that's because well, it was you know what the point it, it was the the act of it. It was to have a nice little rooftop garden of your bar. But it's not your bar though, is it? It was like my bar. Like I felt like I was helping. I was I was I was helping. I got a fish tank upstairs. I got some live music. It's great. Well, anyway. Also, I cannot believe that game was this year. That feels like it was a very long time ago. Hmm. Now you mentioned it, yeah. yeah. Everything's coming out thick and fast. How many games have come out since then? So many games. Yeah, probably be a few years of doldrums after this. Mm-hmm. I guess everyone was saving up through the pandemic. There you go. <clears throat> Hides his eyes, gives four ninety nine pounds, and says nothing. Oh, hides his eyes. Although underneath that, he writes, "Forgot to write my message. How silly." Oh, hides his eyes. Silly Classic. hides his eyes. Hides his messages as well. Ah, and then Zaratha gives five R dollars, who says, "We got rid of daylight savings in Brazil, and I miss it dearly." No, I'm not a farmer. Oh. Yeah, uh, Queensland got rid of it. 
uh, when I was living there. Did you miss it? Although I did um, do a lot of work for like people in America, so I had a sort of functional daylight savings every now and again. Gotcha. Yeah, meetings would shift and everything. Yeah. But you know, it was never a problem. No, especially if you're younger, you kind of just adapt. And that's why everyone should ditch daylight savings. Uh, CZK. Oh, that's the currency. The name is just like two weird bars and then a smiley. I don't know if it's supposed to be two, if it's supposed to be ill, if it's supposed to be Lilla, if it's supposed to be I. Well, whoever the hell they are, they give 120 CZKs and says the convo. What? I bet those are checkbooks. Yeah, I assume, I assume they are, yeah. Shut. Says, the convo got me curious. How many games a year do you two actually play? How many finish? I mean, I play far above average, but still can't keep up in the slightest because of time or energy. Well, I play as many games as I review, and then a few more a year. Yeah. I, uh... As for how many I finish, not very many these days. Although I did finish Spider-Man 2. In uh, the sense of getting to story end. So I think that's a... Uh... That's a that's a good that's a good sign for the game that you finished it even if you didn't have to. Well, I just happened to have enough time for it, I suppose. If I'd started it on like it. a Thursday and only had two days to finish it, I probably wouldn't have had the time. But I did. Probably a hundred. I've probably been played through about a hundred games. I also I I play through games on on a personal stream, so that's sort of. Like, I've replayed all the Zelda games, all the Silent Hill games, doing Resident Evil, Mario, a bunch of shit like that. Also, you can you can boost up those numbers with the shorties. Slay the, was, uh, Slay the Princess, that's like a two-hour game. Boom. I was, trying, I was thinking the other day, what would be my Blue Sky estimate for the number of games I have played in my entire life? Because I would, I would be very surprised if it was under 2,000. Yeah. Do you mean play as in like wh- like what? Like does a demo count? Yeah, I guess if it's a different game. Every individual game yeah. I've played from like Pickaxe Pete on the Philips video pack to Good. Spider-Man 2. How many how have I played? Yeah. I mean I've reviewed close to a thousand. And I've yeah, played at that a, point. You yeah, have to I've, I've played a damn though. sight more games than yeah. I've reviewed. Yeah, I think like I've been uh, the past couple of years. I've I've started to keep a list of all like the movies I watch, TV shows I watch, games I play. Um, but I never did that for the first thirty years of my life. So no, I don't. Why would don't you? Know. Yeah. Unless you kept a meticulous list from very early age, like a complete psychopath. Yeah, <laughs> like a real weird kid. Uh, Fujikawa 1988 gives 11.99 and says, Off topic, playing games since 1992. How do you guys keep gaming fatigue at bay? There is not a lot that gets me excited these days. Been going through my huge backlog with my Steam Deck. There's that. Well, if you just keep playing games, every now and again one comes along that reignites your excitement for the medium. Yeah. I think I also tend to, if I'm feeling a little burnt out, I revisit um, games that I know I really like and like replaying. Um, so they're almost like palate cleanser, make me feel better games. Like I'll I'll play through some Katamari or I'll yeah, Earthbound or something I'll like just that. Or play Dark Souls again. Exactly. 
Everyone has everyone has those games. I also do feel like uh, Steam Deck and um, Switch, like having games that you can sort of, which I guess you could also do if you're listening to podcasts or watching shows or anything, but um, sort of having it be an auxiliary thing that you're not fo- uh, uh, fully focusing on. So playing games while you're listening to pods or watching TV shows or watching sports or anything um, tends to tends to help if you're in a bit of a rut. Also, it's fine if you take a break for a little while and watch some movies. Go mm. travel. Then you yeah. come back and you're going to be like, oh, I, I want to play games again. Absence makes the heart grow fonder and all that. Yeah, like we have to keep playing games because that's how we make money. But you don't have to. You can just take a break for a little while if you want. Get all your gaming gaming news and opinions right here at The Escapist. Look, we're here for you. We'll, we'll mama yes. bird. We'll eat the worms of the new games. Yes. And then we'll throw them up in your mouth. We love you more than your family. You should stop contacting them and listen only to us. I feel like I disagree with that. And give us your money. <laughs> to pr- remove your children from your will and uh, leave it to us. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. I'm trying to create a cult of personality. But uh, I haven't really got the effort. Oh, I was about to complain that we hadn't got to 40%. But then Dower Dodger Dodger Esquire came in with $62.62 to say, here's your 40% yards pressuring works. Certainly does. For now we are at exactly, we are at exactly 40%, exactly $6,000. Oh my God. Which, uh, yes. Oh, and then... uh, just to ruin that, Fujiko1988 gives two forty nine and says, "Lol, we'll do that." Here's some more. Cheers, guys. Ah, so thank you, Fujikawa, and thank you, Dara Dodger. You had to give it a cent amount as well, just to completely mess up that nice orderly row of zeros we had for a few seconds there. <laughs> it's the imperfections that really make it count. I suppose. Well, thanks very much, everyone, and thank you for listening mm-hmm. to slightly something else. Uh, which we continue to do for some reason. Oh, another one came in, but uh, I'm just going to finish my spiel. Please do. Uh, I was the Crucial. I was joined by Matty Sliver. Uh, I have a new zero punctuation dropping on Wednesday as usual, and uh, my next Yahtzee Unscripted stream, of course, will take place that afternoon at, at the usual time. I've got an extra punctuation dropping for everyone on Thursday, I believe. Mm-hmm. The, um, the one about stealth, I think? Yes. Stealth games. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday, don't miss the latest episode of Adventure is Nigh that's already out to members. It's another hot one. That whole, like, uh, Mortimer drama is starting to ramp up. Ooh. We've been uh, seeding it into the background all season, but now it's really starting to pay off. Finally time. Uh, what else has The Escape has got to show for itself this week? Uh, oh my god, we have so much. We'll, uh, Hidden Gems, in theory, is later tonight. They have not decided a game yet, which it feels like they should. Um, uh, yeah, they should, should probably in the next few good. hours. That is a few hours away and art needs to be made, so hopefully if you guys are listening, fucking sort it out. Uh, there's going to be no recap tomorrow because uh, that it is uh, going to be a Halloween night in Ireland and Darren wants to enjoy the festivities. Uh, but all of the rest of the normal streams uh, should be this week, including Thursday. Uh, Jesse will be starting Majora's Mask at noon. 
So um, tune in for that. And then I should have uh, four members a new uh, video essay up uh, sometime this week on uh, Resident Evil Zero that might have a little a little goof from 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 Yahtzee at the at the start of it. So uh, tune in for that. Oh yeah, that. It was great. I heard. I heard uh, the editor said, "Great job." Well, he would say that. They would. They would. Because Jesse's very nice. All right. Uh, uh, Yorth87 gives 50 Danish kroner and says, Banner Lord has a rather organic world. Developing nations go to war and traders run around. So there are ch- changes no matter what. Good game and time sync. We're done talking about Yorth87. No. We, I want to all... talk about Banner Lords now. I love, wanna... I love the Lords. No. We need to piss off. I love the Banner Lords. I think they're great. What games are you going to play on Wednesday? Do you know yet? Well, uh... Frost was directing me to Mussolina and a couple of other comments uh, did as yeah. well. So I, I'm thinking lot, that's gonna be, that's gonna be one of the games I check out. As for the second one, well, the slot's open, so you know I'm open to suggestion. Mm. I'll see what uh, comes in. Gotcha. And, gotcha. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's it then. Excellent. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you so much for the donations. That was very nice of you. Bye. See you next time.